I'm going to be sharing tonight uh, with you uh, Christ our treasure, part two. Christ our treasure, part two. Um, for, uh, I re- I'm reminded of a, a man who said to me, I was, he, he knew I was preaching Jesus Christ, and every time I would stand, I would sh- share something about Christ that would help us on our journey, that is to develop us into the kind of believer that we are to be. And he said, but, but some people don't understand Christ. What am I going to teach them until they can understand Christ? I thought, boy, for a pastor to ask a question like that, he needed uh, to go all through the washing process again. But I thought, you, you teach them Jesus until they know Jesus. And that's how you do it. You don't teach them something else to get them to know. Because what you're going to do later is unteach them. If you're going to do that, you have to unteach. And so that was one of my stories. And I, I love just talking about Jesus and sharing with you what I know about him, what he has made me to know about him. Uh, and so I, my subject is Christ, our treasure. And uh, as I was looking at this and developing it, uh, even sitting here tonight, I was thinking about the word treasure in the Greek is thesaurus, thesaurus. And we get our, our little w- book, uh, thesaurus, from that. And uh, I would remember in university, in the university years ago, uh, I had a political science professor. Yes, I wanted to be a politician. And uh, I had a political science professor who's, who loved uh, words. And I was writing these papers then, and somebody said, you need to get a thesaurus because he didn't want you to use the same words often. He wanted to, to see kind of what you knew. And I remember buying a thesaurus. I didn't know what it was. I just knew there were a lot of words in it. But I didn't know it. It, it, it was like a treasure chest. It was a treasure chest of words. And what the Bible wants us to know is that Jesus Christ is God's treasure chest. He, he is God's treasury. He is a place. Uh, he is the, the deposit of God. He is the place of all of God's wealth. And so why should we want to know other things when God did something that is so amazing and I would say miraculous and beyond human imagination. God got, he, he, he took his treasure chest, all of his treasure, that is the treasure of the whole universe, and placed it in believers. You are the store. You are the repository of God's treasure, Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, let me just ask, don't you love him? There's nobody like Jesus. Yeah, nobody like Jesus. <clears throat> I know that, you know, sometimes we, we say things like, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Abraham, why did he do this? I'm going to ask Paul why he did that. I don't even want to see those guys for the first billion years. <laughs> I want to spend my time with Jesus and just see him, see him. You know, the Bible says he's going to wipe away all tears from my eyes. And I think that, you know, for me, it's going to take a long time but he's going to wipe away all tears, but there will be tears of joy, not sadness. Let me just share with you from Colossians chapter 2. Look at, let's look at uh, the first three verses. Uh, Paul is uh, speaking to the Colossians. He says, for I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, that, that their hearts may be encouraged. Encouraged. And so when we think about 
encourage, the word encourage, we think about pouring heart into it. So he says, what we're going to do is we're going to pour into your heart. We, uh, your hearts may be encouraged. Why? How is he going to do that? Be, being knit together in love. So being knit together in love and what God is doing right now in the presence of all of us in the midst of all kinds of chaos and confusion, God is knitting our hearts together in love. When I see you, actually, uh, sometimes I hold back my emotions. I'm not embarrassed as much as I used to be about emotions. I, I, I am not an emotional guy. I would never consider myself an emotional person. But I, every healthy person has emotions. And if you don't have emotions, if you can't show emotion, you're not healthy yet. And so we, so we, we, we are healthy we have, and have healthy emotions. And so when I see you, I, I feel something. I don't just see you as people here, you know, and I get to stand before you and share, but I, see, I feel you. I, I feel love for you. And even some of you I know better than others because some of you just leave too quickly. But I know some better than others. And, and, I, and I have great love for you. And Paul says that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love and attaining, reaching something to all riches of the full assurance of understanding. Well, that's, those are great words already. To the knowledge of the mystery of God. So God is bringing us to a knowledge. I, I like to talk about spiritual intelligence, and I do it privately all the time. And some have just such great spiritual intelligence. You have a, a spiritual aptitude. You can grasp spiritual things. And he talks here about that, uh, that he brings, he's bringing us to attain, reach the, the, uh, to, all, uh, to reach a place of where the riches are. And what are they? The mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Now listen, and in Christ, he says this, in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so Paul tells us that, that the, all of God's treasure of wisdom and knowledge are found in one location. Confidence and strength uh, of conviction, as well as this amazing unity that yields to us a full understanding of the truth so God wants us to have the truth. But Pastor, how, how does that help me? I mean, I hear the words, but how does that help me? When you know the truth, when you know the full assurance, you're assured that God has now done something for you through a person who, and later we'll find, who cannot die, who is, who is immeasurable. <clears throat> you know that God loved you so much to give that son to die for you. Uh, God loved you so much to invest as it were, the wealth of the universe and beyond in you. That is so mind-boggling. It's greater than, than sometimes we can grasp. He says, there is no full knowledge apart from our commitment and complete understanding. So what God does is he gives us a complete understanding. He says, this is where I'm, head, I'm headed with you. I'm not headed here to give you a partial anything. I'm, I'm going to give you and I'm giving you a complete understanding. I'm going to give you complete insight. Wow. And it, and it results and it, that happens when we yield ourselves to the Lord. When we don't keep part of our, uh, the Lord I mean, ourselves for ourselves, but we, we yield everything. And one of the things that's, that is really impacting me more and more and more is that how God 
wants us to be humble. And if we don't yield to the process, he will cause us or make us to yield. Uh, make us to yield. We, we don't have good relationships at home or anywhere else because we are unwilling to be humble. We are unwilling to yield to God's convicting power. And uh, this is what he wants. This understanding that God wants to give us and is giving us is, is uh, Christ-centered or Christocentric. It's Christ-centered. It's all on one person. I've told you many times that when I was younger <clears throat> in the 70s and um, I was, everybody was talking about all, all kinds of, of, of things and steps and methods, and I'm, I don't have really a, a big problem if somebody gives me steps that lead me somewhere. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I don't really have a problem with methods that are proven, but I find for me, maybe all of you are just such brainy people, you can get, remember all the steps. You know, but sometimes I'm, I, um, um, I, I'm quoting scriptures that I've, I'm attempting to quote scriptures that I've quoted all of my life, and I stand up here and I, Oh, I think I bungled to that. And sometimes I'll look at you for help and you just look at me, go ahead. So I went to my brother to find some help, but didn't find anything. But 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 so 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 but but what God wants to do for us is to is to not give us a lot of step steps and methods and methods but what god wants to do and is doing is giving us a, the person of his son so that we will recognize that all of the value that god has he it's in his son and he has not withheld his son he has not withheld his only begotten son therefore god has not withheld his treasure he has not withheld his valuables from you he has given you everything that is so am amazing to me Amazing to me. And so insight into God's ways uh, cause, causes us uh, as believers to know Christ fully. So when God gives you insight into his ways, then you are now on, your, on your, the road to really knowing Jesus. That is to knowing who you have, to knowing what you have. I, I remember uh, discovering uh, the, the, the verb esperar in Spanish. I, I remember discovering that verb. And that verb just changed the way I looked at Scripture. You know, a, a verb that says to expect, to wait, to hope. Uh, our sister Daida tonight, as she read so beautifully, she was talking, uh, she, and afterwards she, or before that, she prayed for uh, someone, Esperanza, whose name is hope. So if you're, it, and that's what God has done for us in Christ. He has taken the reality of his son and invested it in us, embedded that reality in us. And so you're named hope. You don't have any problem expecting God to do something. You know, that's your name. See, hope is a name. Of course, Jesus is that hope. So Christ is the true mystery of God. He is the true mystery of God and reveals God to all of us. That's who Jesus is. Jesus reveals God to all of us. So uh, uh, Christ, our treasure. Now, I've said to you, he is God's treasure, yes, but now he is now our treasure, and here we are God's repository for his amazing and wonderful son. 
For in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You want to be smart? You want to be wise? Uh, all, all that is in Christ. All of it is in Christ. Have you ever had situations and difficulties that you just don't know how to, to navigate through them? You, it's just very difficult for you to get through them. You say, God, help me. Help me. Well, the Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, if you're unaware of your wisdom, if you don't have what you think you should have, ask God. He, you know, he will then be, begin to reveal Jesus to you in an amazing way. In an amazing way. Uh, I, I used to give a lot of examples about uh, being in the workplace a number of years ago, being in the workplace and, and my employment and uh, being required to do things that uh, I had not been trained for. And I know if you're here, you may have had that experience, some of you, or many of you, but you, you were expected to get it done. I, what I did was I didn't really, uh, you know, have such great understanding and knowledge maybe. Uh, maybe I, it was simple. Maybe I was just uh, somehow humble. <laughs> I, I mean, somehow. <laughs> and I just said, God, help me. I don't know what I'm doing here. I haven't been trained for it. And suddenly, whew, I knew what to do. And that hasn't happened. That didn't happen once or twice. It happened over and over and over and over and over. And people think, that guy's a genius. No, that guy knows Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is the smart one. You know, and, and, and for us, we need the knowledge of God. And we need the knowledge of the Lord because knowledge is, is that uh, uh, apprehension of the truth of God. I mean, you know, to have the truth of God and trade that truth of God for something else is such a, a, a pity. It's such a shame that we as believers have all of this amazing treasure, and sometimes we don't know what to do with that. Uh, we're, we're trading it for temporal things. Let's not trade what God has given us as eternal for temporal things. And, and sin, since God has given us wisdom in Christ, that's the wisdom that we have allows us to apply uh, it, the wisdom of Jesus. That is, in, because of Christ, we can apply all of this to our life, to life, to life, period. We then walk through life differently than others, or we should. We should walk through differently than others because we have Christ. Now, we can discuss what I'm about to say at some juncture if you would like. I never like going to the world for problem solving. That's just who I am. Paul talks to the Corinthians about that because in Corinth, they were just suing one another, just acting crazy over there in Corinth. And, and so... so um, so Paul says, you're going to have a dispute with your brother, your sister, and you're going to go to the ungodly to solve it? Wow! But we go to the ungodly for, for, for our solutions. We have solutions. We have every solution in Jesus. I know there are people who, who have spent a lot of time gathering and learning things, and now that they have been going to the world for solutions uh, for a long, long time, and they don't want to quit because they've invested a lot of time. Well, if I spend a lot of time, a lifetime, digging a hole in the wrong place, I'm not going to do it till I die because I have dug, dug so much. I'm going to change. And this is what God is requiring of all of, of us as believers to do today. I find my hope 
is in Christ and nothing else. That's what I find. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so God then gives us this amazing knowledge of God and, 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 and what knowledge will do. That I'm not saying just knowledge in, in a general sense, but I'm saying the knowledge of, of God. The no, and we have the knowledge of God through one person. Isn't it amazing how, how God uses this one person for everything? See, I'm not, I'm not as smart as some of you. I couldn't remember all the steps and, and all the methodology. I couldn't remember that. I just needed something simple. And God gave me something simple. He says, okay, I'm going to give you one answer for every question. Jesus Christ. This is amazing for me. And I find it all throughout the Bible. All throughout the Bible. So the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God it comes through Jesus Christ. It is good judgment. It gives you good judgment. And, and wisdom that will cause you to have wise actions for everything. So these are found in Christ. Um, and, uh, but the, the, the pitiful thing, the sad thing, is that through Christ we, we understand, through Christ we know. But the world says, oh, that's foolish. Wow. That's foolish. They, they say that, oh, that's foolish. That Christ, oh, that's foolish. That makes no sense. Uh, but every believer receives now through, through Christ righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So, so righteousness is through Christ. Now, one of these days we'll, we'll talk about the, the Jewish people and, and how God used them in so many ways that we might understand him better. And we'll talk about that at some point. But they thought righteousness was attained by keeping the law and all the rules and the regulations. And Paul came through and told us, no, righteousness comes by having faith in a plethora of things. No, one person, Jesus Christ. So I'm saying to you tonight by, by reiterating these things that you and I are on the right track. We're on the right road. We don't need to change it. It's not by having a voluminous amount of information. We've got volumes and volumes and volumes. No, I like it. I like knowing one person. I like just, if I could just study one word and, and have the answer to everything, wow, Christ, Jesus, that's it. And, 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 and then allow him to change you. That is, when he tells you to humble yourself, you know, if you don't, he will. No, if you belong to him. He will. And some of us are being humbled and we're rebuking the devil. But through this one person, we receive righteousness, we receive holiness, and that is uh, uh, sanctification. God is, is making us to live out the Scripture. <clears throat> and I know that, and I don't pick on, on people anymore, maybe I should say. But I'm certainly not picking on anybody. But when the Bible says, be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy, he's not saying that and not meaning it. I mean, the, the, the command is, be holy. And, and as we often said, when God does that, he speaks it into us. And so what does he speak into us? His word. Can you imagine the Jewish people so amazing in that they were the only people group on the whole planet that had the word of God, the, the word and words of God. They are the only people group on the whole planet who had God's sayings. And they were working. They were working. 
And, and, but the, 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 the strange thing is that they gave him up for, the, for the, the words of the people around him. Wow. Gave him up. They wanted to be like everybody else. I know what it's like to stick, stick out as a sore thumb, but we don't like to stick out, and so we want to give up to be just like those who are struggling. And all the nations around them were struggling. They were like a little flock of goats um, in the midst of, of predators all around, and the predators could not touch them, couldn't hurt them, couldn't damage them. And they said, well, we don't like this. We want to be like everybody else. And I find that is a temptation for believers even today as I speak. So, but God is, is um, uh, making us holy through the process of sanctification daily, uh, making us righteous rather through the uh, process of sanctification. And he's taking us through this process and it's, it's wonderful. And he has also provided redemption in that he has brought us back through this one person. Righteousness, holiness, redemption, all through one person. Let's look at Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and um, we will just talk a little bit about it. It says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. It's amazing. Separated to the gospel of God. And you know what he got a lot of times for being separated to the gospel of God? Rejection, beat up, mistreated. So you will too. I mean, what's, what's wrong with you going through life suffering to inherit the kingdom of God. She says, if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. So this is not the prize. I, I know that many of our brothers, well-meaning, and sisters many years ago, especially in the 70s, was, was talking about this thing called faith, and I think we heard about it a little bit over the weekend, about using faith to get things. We've talked about that. Using faith to get things rather than uh, using your faith to continue to believe and trust God, even though everything outside you is contradictory. And that's what that is about. He says he was separated to the gospel of God, now listen, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So he promised uh, this before. He was separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning what? his son. He was going to bring amazing promises to mankind through his son. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. He was born through the, uh, uh, to, of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power. With power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. And so what Paul tells us is that God has cemented this truth, this reality, in that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he says, uh, the Son of God with power. He had this amazing ability according to the spirit of holiness or the Holy Spirit by the resurrection from the dead so that Jesus could not stay in the grave because he is who he says he is, and it is through him that God has brought to bear all the promises of God upon us. That is amazing to me. So, so that's why we want to understand our treasure, our treasure. Jesus is our treasure. So don't ever, I'm, not, I'm the kind of person, I don't get tired of the same meal. I mean, I know some of you, 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 you maybe you've gone on from where I am. But I can eat the same meal all week. Because if it's good, it's good. 
I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, I can eat the same, same meal all week. I, I remember, you know, when I moved to South Texas and I discovered something called enchilada. And, uh, and man, I, I was just going wild. I wanted them. I wanted them. I searched for restaurants with the enchiladas to see who had the best ones. I did. I searched. Rest- I did. I would tell all my friends. I would find one. The best, the best enchiladas. And so what had happened, they would go and they would take all their friends and their friends. And after a while, they were no longer the best enchiladas because they were making them too fast. So I learned to make them at home. Let me say this to you about the, what, what I'm trying to say about that example is that Jesus, though, never changes. It doesn't matter how many come, how many uh, uh, come to Jesus, then how if a thousand may come, but Jesus remains the same. He's the same menu. He's the same flavor. He's the same, has the same potency. Jesus remains the same. I, I want us all to see that. Hallelujah. Jesus is our solution. Jesus is our solution. And so whatever you're going through, and I sensed tonight when I was standing, uh, sitting here and standing that there were a, a few of us who came tonight burdened because of your personal situation. But Jesus Christ, God has given to him as your answer. Jesus is the antidote to all problems. He's the solution, rather, to all problems. The antidote to perishing. So you can't even perish. You know, that is amazing. You, you, will, you are living now. You've already begun to live forever. And so these little problems that you and I have, we are destined by God to outlast every one of them. So why do we let them get us down? Why do we just stare at them and moan about them? Why can't we just give them up to God? And just because I'm going to outlast you problem. And actually, the, and the devil who's bringing them, oh, I'm going to outlast you too. You know, because you're going to some place called a lake of fire one day and you can't get out. Well, I am going to, going to the throne of God and will, be, and will rule with him forever and ever and ever. I'm a son of God forever and ever. So why should I allow what's temporal to dictate my attitude? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So let me take a few more minutes. In Romans chapter 1 verse 8, uh, we, we're talking about God's treasure, Jesus, God's treasure. In Romans 1, 8 says, we are now able to thank God through Jesus Christ. Paul says, we thank God through Jesus Christ. So I can't even give God thanks except I come through his channel, his conduit, the person of Jesus Christ. So, so Jesus is so valuable. Why don't we spend all of our time uh, knowing him uh, rather than trying to be so smart and cute and eloquent and, and all of that? Let's just know him. And know him. In Romans 2.16, it says, God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. So God, Jesus is so valuable and indispensable. In Romans 3.21 and 22, he says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. So the law could not bring us righteousness. And he says, it is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, now listen, this is how you get to be righteous, that is, meet God's standard, it says, through faith in Jesus Christ. There's nobody in the history of the world or in the history of the universe that has been this important. So every time we come, we ought to hear some of the old things we've known about the Lord and, and learn new things about the Lord. That is, who this man is who this person 
is. Let's talk a, a bit about God demonstrates his righteousness. So Paul tells us that God demonstrates his, his righteousness in Romans 3, um, 24 through 26. It says, being justified, that is declared righteous, that we, we meet God's approval. He declares us righteous. So being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we are justified by grace. We have justification and we have the grace, the unmerited favor of God. And, and this all comes to the fact that God has redeemed us, brought us back, brought us to himself through Jesus Christ. I, I think this is so marvelous. This is so marvelous. So what we're doing is we're seeing right here tonight that God's treasure is not dollars, not gold, not euros, not more cars and trucks, not more bigger houses. It's Jesus. That's God's true wealth. The Bible tells us that moth will destroy human wealth. Corrosion will destroy it. Thieves will steal it. But nobody can steal Jesus. That's what God is saying to his church. And, and this is one reason I believe he is allowing so many um, difficult things uh, to happen in our lives. And we are encountering such, such craziness and confusion. But it's all over the world. I remember a time when we, uh, uh, Pastor Charles and I would go around the world and we were preaching and, and teaching and, and um, we would come back and I've told you, we, uh, I said one time, I said, Charles, let's, let's kiss the ground when we get home. But right now it's like, our ground is like every other ground. <laughs> Why? Because it, you, you can't escape the corruption that's in this world except through Jesus. And so let us value him. I'll finish uh, this couple, and then we'll, we'll be done for this evening. So we're be, uh, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Notice how he does that. He demonstrates his righteousness, and he, he set for Jesus forth to be a propitiation. So Jesus is, you know that little uh, lid that was on the, on the, uh, the um, okay, <laughs> I did it again, and I'm looking for you. The little box in the temple. In the Holy of Holies, the mercy seat. <laughs> Thank you. Finalmente. So, so it happened to me again. So, so anyway, so, so the Ark of the Covenant was there in, the mercy, in, in there, and that little lid on it was the mercy seat. <clears throat> it's where the high priest went in once a year with the blood of another, and he sprinkled that. Well, Jesus, Jesus, the Bible tells us, entered the, the, the tabernacle made without hands. He entered the Holy of Holies in heaven. And Jesus, not, he didn't enter with the blood of another. Jesus entered with his own blood, and he sprinkles the mercy seat. Well, Jesus is the propitiation. Jesus is our mercy seat. He is the place where we find mercy. Amen. And he is now... Just and justifier. God is just and justifier of the one who had faith in Jesus. Now, my last scriptures 
or Romans 5, 6 through 9. This is God demonstrates again. He demonstrates his righteousness. Now he's going to demonstrate his love. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ones who were not godly, the ungodly. So God demonstrates, Paul says, his own love toward us. He is showing it forth, his own love toward us, in that while we were yet or still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified, declared righteous by his blood, we, all of us, shall be saved from wrath through him. So he saves us by his blood. We are declared righteous by his blood. And we will never experience the wrath of God because of Jesus. We now, we are saved from wrath through Jesus, we, and we shall be saved by his life. Amazing. Saved from wrath and saved eternally. This is, Jesus is everything you need. Amen.